Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we correct and dissect the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. My name is Al and I am here in my best friend's bed. Hi, Courtney. <laughs> Hi, I'm the bed. <laughs> You're not the bed. Oh, okay. You're in the bed. I am in the bed and I am your best friend and it's so nice to be here in my bed in which I haven't slept in for a very long time. Well... I'm getting to it. You're getting around to it. I'm a real fussy baby lately. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. There's well, been a lot of stuff going on. That's fair. It's hard out there for a fussy baby. <laughs> yeah, soothe me. I will, with a story. <gasps> Ooh, a story! <laughs> Tell me a story! <laughs> okay. Should I just do that? The whole No. Really? <laughs> I think the people want it. I think the people might want it. If you mm. want me to baby talk through an entire episode, give us a five-star review and tell me so. <laughs> the Knights Templar. Okay. Are widely believed to have popularized the now familiar skull and crossbones emblem. I, I am so tired. I don't know if I can handle getting into this. <laughs> Whoa. Though ancient historians argue that the sarcophagus of Tutankhamun holds one of its earliest iterations. The boy pharaoh's golden visage rests over two crossed implements, the flail and the crook, interpreted by modern researchers to represent the intersection of judgment and pity. Boy, <laughs> so does my mom. Too <laughs> <laughs> <Be> real. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> We're getting to it. Happy Mother's Day, folks. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Templar's Masonic origin for the skull and bones is a little more sinister. In the Middle Ages, when the Catholic Church ordered the society disbanded in order to seize their riches, they burned Jacques de Molay, the 23rd and final Grandmaster of the Templar Order, alive. Ooh, boy. What? Why, those Christians are real. Woo! They do a lot of nasty things, they huh? They sure do, especially mm. in the Middle Ages. Ooh, ooh, ooh. When his fellow Templars came to find his body, the only elements to survive the blaze were his skull and femurs. Ooh. To honor his death, the Templars adopted the depiction of his earthly remainders as their symbol. I don't think it was like that, though. No? You can't get your femurs up there, unless he was kind of, like, curled up. Well, I don't up. think they found it. Yeah. Oh. Do they find him and they're like, let's arrange. I think probably it was more like that. In a cool way. Yeah. They didn't find him with, like, his fucking thighs crossed <laughs> under his chin. Maybe, Ooh, you know. is he doing yoga? Well, <laughs> I was going to say, if I was set on fire, the last thing I would do was try to suck my own dick. I mean, the only person whose bones you're going to find like that is Sting. <laughs> no, Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. yeah remember? That's why you have those ribs taken yeah. out. <laughs> just like Jesus. Just, well. <laughs> Not just a Templar tradition. The use of the skull and crossbones was largely popular among Christians from the late days of the Roman Empire. In really? The, into the Middle Ages as a memento mori. Oh, they love that shit. Latin huh? for remember that you have to die. <sighs> this term refers to symbolic reminders of the inevitability of death. Often used to mark graveyards, catacombs, and individual headstones. Real human bones were sometimes used to create the skull and crossbones as a stark reminder of what lies in wait at the end of the road. You so, seem to be going through it. Well, I just remember that they had a real uh, skull and crossbones in the Pirates of the Caribbean mm -hmm. at Disneyland. And they'd take it out. No, it's still in there, baby. Oh, they took the the ladies out yeah they took the ladies out ladies <laughs> out real bodies in <laughs> and so when i ride that ride i remember about the futility of man yeah yeah and how it kind of smells weird it does smell weird <laughs> it smells like a pool that you don't want to go in yeah you don't want to drink that people do all the time they shouldn't they did and they do 
And <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. I'm really sad. <laughs> you know what? There's nothing you can do but accept the inevitability of death. I want to drink that water. I want to go to California and drink that water so bad. <laughs> I want to bottle it and sell it. Boy. <gasps> now there's an Oh, wow. <laughs> Real theme park water. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually there was a Disney World uh, TikToker who actually got banned because he drank the lagoon water. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to drink the Epcot lagoon water, folks. It's just Mountain Dew. It's, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's the secret. Mm. I'm sorry. We've gotten off the yes. rails. So the use of the symbol faded until it was nearly non-existent moving into the late Middle Ages. Oh. Until it was adopted by a new group of crusaders. Pirates! Pirates! Of the Caribbean. <laughs> of a lot of places. Ooh. As they began to change their flags from red to black, pirates adopted the Jolly Rogers skull and bones to symbolize death and impart dread into those they targeted on the high seas. Why is it called the Jolly Roger? I don't know. I didn't look that up. Oh. Sorry. It doesn't seem jolly. Sorry about it. <laughs> no, you're not. It doesn't seem so jolly, though. It doesn't seem very jolly. Well... Between 1693 and 1724, the skull and bones were flown by infamous corsairs like Henry Every, Christopher Moody, and Emmanuel Wynne, as well as many, many more. Mm-hmm. Irrelevant to this particular ad creep, but pirates were gay, and I just want you to know that. <laughs> and Anne Bonny and Mary, oh, who is the other one? They kissed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The transgressive nature of piracy created an environment in which taboos surrounding sexuality and gender could be ignored without punitive results. Where are we going with this? Buddy? Oh, this is completely outside. This is just like, hey, um, pirates are gay. Hey, this- pirates are gay. They had life insurance and uh, gay marriage. Um, listen, to, listen to my thesis on gay pirates. I can't go anywhere. I'm trapped. <laughs> okay, back to the skull. Okay. While the skull and crossbones has largely implied death and caution for Western cultures, that isn't a blanket truth across the globe. Alongside communities for whom the skull and bones have positive or neutral implications due to societal and or religious associations, it has also been used by Nazis and neo-Nazis as a symbol of hate. Neutral. Yeah. I don't know what about the skull is neutral. I guess it's just in your head. Yeah. Everyone's got one. Yeah, totally. I'm neutral about I'm it. neutral about I see bones. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> I got chill. my MRI back. My bones is weird. My skull. <laughs> boy, looking at your skull, man, you think about things. Yeah. In the same way you do it on the Pirates of the Caribbean. I used to think about my skull a lot when yeah. I was taking forensics. Yeah. It's in there. It's it's just in there, and it yeah. looks, like, different than your outsides look. Yeah, it does look different than your outsides look. Boy. I used to just touch my face a lot. I do. I'm currently doing that. And try to feel how it... The scope of it. I think I have a real handsome skull. I think you probably do. I'm going to say it. Hey, you got a hot skull, man. There's something to be ashamed of. Hot skull summer. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a hashtag. Mm. So, Mm. if this one little symbol can represent so many things, then is it really the best choice for telling consumers, hey, don't drink that? Oh. Oh, you mean like the poison symbol? Yeah. Okay. Ideally, you'd probably want some sort of overarching organization or governing body to what's the word regulate companies or individuals producing dangerous material for sale to the general public right i never thought about that yeah because if there are like neutral people who are like oh skulls are okay i can take a swig of this it's fine skulls are fine this drink is fine oh i'm dead (laughs) yep interesting well how do we that's a great question. You. you. 
In the late 18th century, apothecaries began storing poisons in distinctly shaped bottles to prevent mix-ups with other products. <laughs> that would be real goof em up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there was no regulation or anything. They just thought it was a good idea. It is a good idea. By the mid-19th century, bottles had begun using the skull and crossbones or a straightforward label of poison as a signifier. The first regulatory statute in the United States was enacted by New York in 1829. I think you mean New York? New York! Thank you. Greatest city in the world. (laughs) All right, state. He's okay. (laughs) No person is allowed to sell arsenic or prussic acid or any other substance or liquid usually denominated poison without endorsing on it the word poison in a conspicuous manner. So that was the regulatory statute that they enacted. Okay. And you have to have to have, you don't have to have the skull then. No, as long as you say poison on Poison. It. Yeah. Poison. Uh, I think you mean, that girl is poison. poison. <laughs> <laughs> Belle, Biv, and DeVoe, fucking love you. Oh, boy. After the founding of the American Pharmaceutical Organization in 1852, they passed a resolution at their second annual meeting that all packages or bottles of poisonous substances shall be distinctly labeled with the word poison or a death's head symbol conspicuously printed. And this is only in America. This is, we're just talking America Okay. Here. Uh, in this instance, poisonous substances include arsenic and prussic acid, as well as morphia, strychnine, or corrosive sublimate. Oh, boy. <laughs> Inventors at this time also began patenting various safety attachments, like elastic bands, alarm bells, or a collar of spikes that could be fit to the bottle so that no one could access the contents without being injured. So you just have spikes around the bottle and it's like, ouch, it hurt me? Yeah. Oh, can't get in there. It's pointy. Can you imagine if, like, you know how at Walmart and shit they lock up the razors and stuff? Yeah. What if it was just, like, a bunch of spikes? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think they should do that. Let's go back, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. What about if you're selling something that's poison? But you don't actually want someone to know it's poison, because if they do, they might not buy it. Wait, what? Wait. So it's poison. It's poison. But if I tell you it's poison, like, are you going to want to use it? But it's poison. Yeah. A lot of things are poison. Uh, well, (laughs) I guess anything's a poison if you try hard enough. That's so true. In the 20th century, the discovery of germ theory led to a boom in chemical cleaning products being mass-marketed to the public for household use. Like bleach and shit? Like Parsons ammonia, Wright's silver cream, and Johnson's liquid wax. For the first time, the reality that these goods could be easily found and consumed by children was becoming a major concern. Oh, wait. I think I think I got it. It's, okay, let's keep going. This is a 1909 ad for Parsons ammonia. A corrosive substance, and I would like you to read at least part of it. A bath that wakes you up! <laughs> to make your bath luxuriously refreshing and far more cleansing, pour into the water a little C.C. Parsons trade household Mark Ammonia. I guess that puts a little pep in your step. Huh? <laughs> puts a little pep in your step. Wow. That's gonna just take the head right off your penis, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to feel good. Oh, no. Oh, man. Okay, so Chevalier Quixote Jackson, an American physician with a kick-ass name, (laughs) was known for extracting over 2,000 swallowed foreign bodies from patients over the course of his career, which is currently on display at the Mutter Museum in (gasps) Philadelphia. Oh, shit! (laughs) (gasps) 
He was one of several doctors who led the crusade to protect children from the dangers of imbibing caustic cleaners. In testimony before the Senate, he showed a picture of a Pennsylvania child who swallowed a product known as Cleanol with a K, oh, which no. obliterated the child's stomach. Oh, no. He said, when I asked the mother, why did you let the child have that? She said, why, I did not know that it was poison. And I got her to bring me a can, which here you can see on this can that I have here, which was bought in the stores, that there's not only no poison label on it, but it says, does not injure the finest fabric or the most delicate skin. Oh, but it does injure the inside skin. It injures the tummy. Just specifically the tummy. The tummy. You don't want to. What year was this? Uh, That was around the 1930s. Okay. 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 So they haven't, they haven't put the bad stuff on the, on the cleaners yet. No. Okay. This is when they're like, oh, we might want to do that. Kids can drink whatever they fucking want. Kids can just fucking drink it. Okay. Advocates like Jackson made it clear that responsibility for protecting families from chemical hazards could no longer fall to the homemaker, and that manufacturers needed to be held to account. They're useless. Fucking Ladies? homemakers. You can't <laughs> even stop your kid from drinking bleach. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You were possessed by the 1930s there was, for a bit. for a second. So um, Jackson realized that manufacturers needed to be held to account, but- his attempts and the attempts of other physicians were rebuffed in the following decades. Yeah. In opposition to the Federal Volatile Poisons Act in 1933, an executive of American Products Co., who made a gasoline carbon tetrachloride solution that was marketed as a grease stain remover, wrote, The putting of a skull and crossbones on such a package as this would immediately tend to kill the sale of this item, oh. which would be highly objectionable to us as well as to a great many other manufacturers. Yeah, but your shit's poison. Yeah, shit's poison, man. That shit is poison. <laughs> Tetrachlorides? Not good. Oh, not good. Uh, I guess, what if you put, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll be able to punch up whatever you're talking about. But what if you just put like a dead dog on it instead? That seems bad. Yeah. Maybe but it's, it's a dog. dog. It's a dog, right? It just could be sleeping. It could be. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, if I drink this, I'll sleep like a dog. Oh, that would be nice. Al, give me some bleach. I, no, no, I no, need no. It. no, 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 no. I have not slept very no, much. No, 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 no. Please. According to an article in the American Journal of Public Health, numerous makers of anti-moth products containing paradichlorobenzene, oh. another substance covered under the bill, similarly objected in letters to the committee that their product was not poisonous to humans or animals. Presumably, moths constituted an exception. <laughs> moths ain't animals. <laughs> Moss is vegetables. Yeah, you know, if you've ever seen a mothball, you have wanted to put it in your mouth because it does look like cotton candy, I assume. <laughs> I've never even <laughs> seen one. Yikes. Mothballs. Well, they're kind of, it sounds like um, malt balls. It does sound like malt balls. It's so close. But it doesn't taste the same. Well, I haven't tried it yet. Well, don't because benzenes are not good for you. No. Hmm. Over the next half a century, the struggle to regulate hazardous household products continued, even with the introduction of Franklin Delano Roosevelt's Food and Drug Administration, a.k.a. FDR's FDA. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. That was for you. I was hoping you'd do it. (laughs) It became clear that the American government either did not have the ability or the desire to control manufacturers in a capitalist society and could not keep children safe from the contents (sighs) of their own homes. Nanny state, I tell you what... (laughs) Let me have my guns <laughs> and my poison. <laughs> but fuck seatbelts. Oh, God. 
I wonder, so in New Hampshire, you don't need a seatbelt. I wonder if you need to label your poison. Well, or you can just eat your mothballs. Live for your die state. Wow. So you're free to die. You're free to eat mothballs as much as you want, friends. Mmm, <laughs> Benzino is my favorite cereal. <laughs> in 1971, Richard Moriarty, a physician at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, who founded the Pittsburgh Poison Center and National Poison Control Network. And the Pittsburgh Pirates. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) He came up with a new solution. With half a dozen children dying from poison ingestion in Allegheny County alone each year, he felt that the skull and crossbones wasn't sufficient to prevent these kind of incidents, having become more closely associated with pirates, excitement, and adventure. That's why he he's like, I shouldn't have owned the Pittsburgh why Pirates. Why did I create the Pittsburgh Pirates? That was a mistake. <laughs> oh, boy. With a little focus testing, Dr. Moriarty created a new label that homeowners could affix to their products in order to dissuade their children from chugging bleach. Oh. Showing kids a variety of faces with different colors and <gasps> expressions, he found the one combination that kids found the most yucky. Yuck! It was a fluorescent green face with scrunched oh. up eyes and a downturned mouth with a tongue sticking out. Ow. I did this. You, did you do this in your in your no, elementary school? I'm from fucking Canada. No, I think I did it in Canada. Well, oh, maybe I did in grade two. But they gave us yuck stickers mm-hmm. and we had to go through every single thing and then we put yuck stickers on everything. Yeah. Wow. I live this ad creep. <laughs> I still think now I have. Can I? I can I make a question. Sure. Can, can you I, make? Can you make a question? Can I make one? Is this ad maybe in Canada? Are we going to go north? No. Oh damn it. Okay. I thought it was the don't don't put it in your mouth. No 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 no. Damn. That's similar. Okay. This wretched little man was christened Mister Yuck. Oh Mister Yuck. And his visage was printed onto stickers featuring the local poison center's emergency number. Wow. I can close my eyes and see his beautiful yucky face. In a 1973 interview with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Moriarty said, The skull and crossbones was designed by adults for adults. Mr. Yuck will be easier for the children to relate with because the concept of death is not easy to understand, but getting sick is. (laughs) Kids kids look at the skull like, yeah, pirates. Sounds chill as hell, my man. I'm going to live forever. Pirates like bones, and I like pirates. I'm drinking it. (laughs) Mommy, you can't tell me otherwise. (laughs) So whether the skull and crossbones was invented by adults, Templars, pirates, or the sculptor of Tutankhamun's sarcophagus, Mr. Yuck's arrival on the scene made one thing very clear. Rather than relying on their government to create the systemic change needed to keep children safe, Dr. Moriarty's new buddy, Mr. Yuck, placed the onus back onto parents and even used public funds to produce a national PSA featuring the awful (gasps) fellow with his own deeply sinister theme song that deftly communicates a message of nausea and malaise. I think I know this one. I'm so excited. Is this our first PSA? It's our first PSA. Wow. Welcome to the stage. I gotcha. A PSA. I'm so excited. Do we we do have to actually link? Don't you put it in your mouth? Yeah, too. we will absolutely. Because that, as a Canadian boy, oh, I I was certainly not going to put it in my mouth <laughs> no, after that, and I was. <laughs> You've heard me talk about how much play doh I ate. It was a lot. <laughs> I guess you didn't have Mister Yuck, so you just put it in your mouth for a child with an oral fixation. <laughs> it was tough. I guess when you heard "Don't you put it in your mouth," the all you heard is. To put it in your mouth. I think what happened was that when I heard, don't you put it in your mouth, my brain clicked onto the mode that it always did when I was a child, which is, fuck you, you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) 
I did and do still have problems with authority. So. Yeah, well, boy. <laughs> okay, are we going to see Mr. Yak now? We are going to take an ad break. We're going to see Mr. Yak. Oh, yay. We'll return after these messages. Mr. Yuck is mean. Mr. Yuck is green. Home is full of lots of things that children shouldn't touch. Home is full of bad things that can hurt you very much. Now there's a man whose face is green that you ought to get to know. He'll warn you when danger's coming fast or slow. Get to know his face in every single place. When you see it, you'll know quick. Things mark yuck, make you sick. Sick, sick, sick. Sick, sick, sick. Mr. Yuck is me. Mr. Yuck is green. Welcome back to the show. I am shook. <laughs> Makes don't you put in your mouth like a yeah. We like Canadians, a pop song. <laughs> we Canadians really softballed this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I don't remember the commercials, mm-hmm. but Mr. Yuck is, like, um, a frowny face with yeah. the tongue sticking out, and he's, like, lime green, right? Yeah. And it had your poison control center, and it has the number on the bottom, just mm-hmm. in case a kid, you know, gets through the Mr. Yuck barrier. But this commercial is one of those PSAs that are just outright frightening for yeah, kids. Yeah, absolutely. Kids, everything can kill you. And it doesn't even start with poison. It starts with, like, knives. Yeah, electricity, knives, and then demons coming out of these poison bottles. Bottles. And, like, this is the kind of scare tactics they were still employing when we were kids. Oh, definitely. Because I was terrified of everything. I was sure a a stranger was going to come snatch me around every corner. I was sure that any time I touched a power box, I'd be electrocuted. Yeah. Like, I just knew bad things were going to happen to me because (sighs) I was constantly told that they were. (laughs) Millennials, we were the generation after, well, we were still key kids, Mm -hmm. but we were the generation after, you know, a bunch of kids got killed and kidnapped, and so they started watching their kids. So they still let us be latchkey kids, but then they told us about stranger danger. So while being alone in our house, we just were frightened all the time. I was afraid of stranger danger, I want to say 24-7. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, 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 I would say so. I'm currently still afraid I'm of stranger danger. I'm pretty scared of stranger danger. I don't talk to anyone. <laughs> this also utilized a technique when Mr. Yuck comes out, um, you see the sticker at the beginning. The background is like, um, dropping dye into water. It looks very cool. It's very, 1970s. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. The other thing it shows is kids getting sick, like cartoon kids. Um, it reminds me of, like, the For Better or For Worse Kids. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Again, another Canadian reference. Uh, but the song is very, um, who's that, who's the actor who did the, um, Michael Jackson's thriller? You know, Vincent Price. Oh, Vincent Price. <sighs> Sorry about that. It is, a, it is a little bit Vincent Price. It's very yeah. ghoulish, like, Vincent Price-esque, and he's... He's singing and he's telling you how if you drink these things, 
you're going to get sick. And Mr. Yuck is everywhere, too. Mm. Like, he's... That's terrifying. I'm sorry, PSAs. I mean, you know what? It probably saved a lot of kids, though. Yeah? I mean, the program, putting... Giving these stickers for free through the school, going through with your parents... And putting stickers with your kids on these items, I remembered. Yeah. I didn't drink shit. I did drink Sunny D, probably still a little bit poison if you drink <laughs> enough. Um, but I remember I didn't drink anything. Yeah. I did eat a crayon once, though. Hey, everybody's <laughs> every, everybody's got their crayon, you know? Uh, I don't like that. No. I think that's scary. It is scary. And I don't like that the American government can't take care of its own citizens because it's too beholden to its capitalist interests. That's what I don't like. Uh, we know. It is Zach Cruz. <laughs> it is Zach Cruz, baby. We know that. We're editorializing. Okay. So, it's 2021. It's 2021. Kids are all stuck at home with all doing? the bleach they're, they're that's so- fit to chug. Oh, and like the Tide Pods, and the, tie, right? the whole Tide Pod thing. Hmm. Okay, we're going to spin it on its head. Okay. I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Yum. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And he looks exactly like Mr. Yuck, which is maybe a little confusing, but he's got blue face. Oh. And he's got a little smile and his tongue sticking out. And he's like, yum. And I think what we have to say is, well, we don't, I think, again, in the States, too, they were very anti-regulation for the Mm. last, like, uh four years um so we're we can't regulate what is yucky but we can help the companies by saying what is yummy what you can eat (laughs) so the ad campaign is mr yum we gotta put the stickers on things that may you know it's not food but you could eat it but you could eat this and you'd be all right So Play-Doh. Yeah. You wouldn't have to call anybody. You wouldn't have to call anyone. You might not feel great. Play-Doh. It's salty. It's very salty. Yeah. That's um, what I liked about it. Uh, you put it on Play-Doh. You put it on the Nintendo cartridges. Yeah. They're it, they're gross. You could eat one. You could eat one. You'd And you'd be fine. You'd probably be fine. <laughs> what else? Uh, like Legos? Le- well, if you get eat too many of those, they might call I you. mean, yeah, that's Hair true. Hairspray, you get a little in your mouth. Chevalier Quixote Jackson would be pretty upset if you had to pull a Lego out of it. <laughs> he probably did. Yeah. Um, probably nail polish, right? That yeah. looks good. Dippity doo. Yeah. Actually, eat a little dippity doo. You'll be all right. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Well, like, we want to, we want to empower the child to explore. <laughs> So is it our manufacturers of of things that won't kill you putting the yum on, or is it? I parents? think I think it has to be parents. Okay, I think what it is is kids are going to eat weird shit. Yeah, and as a kid, that's scary. You, Mister Yuck, this is a little scary. You can also incorporate Mister Yuck into this, but I want if kids are going to experiment, I want them to do so safely. Yeah, uh, and that is encouraging them to like you know you want to eat a little lip smackers, you can, you can. But it's gonna be gross. Yeah, it's just not. It's not gonna be satisfying. <laughs> so you're 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 a kid. You go into your parents' cupboard. Yeah, you're like yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. Oh, Mister Yum. Oh, well, I could eat this, and it won't shaving kill me. shaving cream. I yeah, could eat this. I'll have a little bit. I'll try it out. It'll give me a little bit of diarrhea, but it won't kill me. And I tried it. It's gross. I don't like it, but it won't kill me. And now I know. And it, no. you know what? It was my right to find that out for myself. Knowing, I, thank God this nanny state isn't telling me. <laughs> I'm not going to wear a seatbelt next. No one can stop me. New Hampshire nation. I'm sorry. I, I Four years in New Hampshire really did a, oof, <laughs> did a number to me. Yeah, Mr. Yum. I like Mr. Yum. Yeah. 
what's the commercial like? Well, or the PSA. It's it's exactly that. It's ex- the exact same thing. Only it's like Mr. Yum is blue. Mr. Yum is cool. Mr. Yum is blue. Mr. Yum is cool. We'll have Vincent Price come back. Yeah, uh, the ghost of Vincent Price, and we'll say, you know, kids, you may want to eat bleach, but that's Mr. Yuck. We've established that. But did you know you could eat like a teaspoon of your mom's baking powder, and you'd probably be okay. <sighs> There are things inside your house that aren't good to eat. But why not eat them anyway? Maybe it's a treat. Perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Done. Done. If it's got Mr. Yum on it, hey, you're not going to die. <laughs> uh, uh, I hope no one has kids listening to this. Kid that who, who would allow that? No one. No one. That's it. That's That's the PSA. Um, speaking of inappropriate for kids, I do have a very special local ad for you. Ooh. You ready? I'm ready. There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by. And in little old Corden, Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got but drugs. They love I recommend butt drugs for everybody. I can always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. You want hometown service, cheap hot coffee, and liquor. Now that's the ticket. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. But drugs. We love butt drugs. Butt drugs won't let you down. Okay, so that's, I mean, I guess specifically for me. Yeah, it is for you. It's a targeted ad. Um, This is Butt Drugs. It was sent to me by my very, very good friend and listener, Jess. Thank you, Jess. Um, You can find Jess. Uh, actually, Jess makes some really cool stuff on <laughs> at not.so.evil, mm-hmm. uh, E-V-I-L-L-E. Uh, they make some really cool stuff. So uh, check them out. Uh, butt drugs. Butt drugs is a real place. Oh, I assume it's the people's last name is Butt. Yeah, it's like wall drug, right? Yeah, it's like just drugs. It's just kind of funny. It's funny because the butt is a part drugs. of the body. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Could you describe what you just saw? Yeah. So we're inside the butt drugs. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people that seem to be regulars of this pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, and and so there's a theme song about butt drugs. And then also people are doing little testimonials where they're like, I love butt drugs and I rely on butt drugs. And hey, it- you know what? Me too. <laughs> it's a lovely local commercial because it's people probably who were in the store at the time mm-hmm. and them saying, hey, we're going to make a commercial. Would you like to be in it? It's very wholesome. I really like I it. I love that. I will also point out if you are, um, I guess, like watch YouTube, you may have noticed there are the two people singing and the two people who were the, I guess, they were at the pharmacy, are Rhett and Link. I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was curious about that. They've done more than one commercial, and um, I've got a couple more that are... They just go around and do I local commercials for people? Yes, so. That's I don't know. Cool. I don't know. Well, this was, like, previous to... 
Them being on YouTube? I assume. Oh, wow. yeah. Because okay. they look a lot younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Butt drugs. Butt drugs. Butt bu- 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 drugs. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. I love it. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you, Jess. Okay. If you want to send us a ad that is local, how can they do that? You can email us at adcreeps at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at AdCreeps or on Instagram at AdCreeps. And we'd love to hear from you any which way. Yeah. Ooh, especially the special way, which is leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Ooh. That's what I call the special way. Yeah. Hey, and also if you have Apple Podcasts open, maybe subscribe. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Who doesn't subscribe? Who doesn't subscribe? Come on. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, we're not ignoring you. We'd also like you to subscribe and shit, but apparently Apple is the where is that, yo? That pumps you up in the charts. I and guess you so. know, we gotta we gotta get up there. We gotta take on these mommy blogs. Yeah, oh boy. You know how else we can pump uh ourselves up is by telling a friend about us. Yeah. Tell one friend. Actually we've had a lot of people like tell a friend and it's really we see it. Yeah. They like us. It's very cool. Yeah, have an ad creeps like you know, literature circle. Book you, club? Yeah, where you, you listen to the ad creeps and then you discuss it. Ooh. And then you're like, what do you think about butt drugs? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's it. That's the whole thing. Okay, until next time, we yeah. are signing yeah. off. <laughs>